It's so good to have you here again. If it is uh, your first time, please just allow us the privilege of celebrating you. Come on, let's honor those that are here for the first time. We're really glad that you're here. Whether you're visiting as a one-off or whether you're visiting and, and interested in just learning more and becoming part of Hillside, either way, how you find yourself today, um, even before the message, I just want to let you know God loves you. I know I've mentioned that at least a couple times in this service, but we're really convinced of it. And so um, I, I hope that today's message in, in one way or another can be a blessing, can be an encouragement. But I do need to say, listen, there are sometimes you, you come to church and you know they're in a series that's just kind of light. I don't want to say in fluffy because it's not a squishmallow. It's just light and calm and kind. Uh, this will be kind, but to say that this series has been light would be a lie because we are in a series called Mixed Emotions which propels us, it, it really, I guess me, propels me to, to take a look on the inside of our life. We have been hinging this series on a verse that is in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And here's what's crazy. Whether you are new to church, there's a chance you've heard something similar. Or if you haven't been in church in a long time, there's a good chance you, you probably have heard this verse. You've maybe seen it. Maybe somebody used it against you. You know, I don't know. But it's, a, it's an important verse. It's from the wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4. And again, that's verse 23. And the New Living Translation, it makes this bold statement. It's got this bold phrasing. It says, Guard your heart, or above all else, guard your heart, for it sets the direction of your life. And this is, just for a moment, this is kind of fun. Uh, I've been encouraging you to, to reflect on yourself, but for a moment, no elbows, no slaps upside the head, just think about somebody else for a moment, and think about this verse. Above all else, did they guard their heart, knowing that it set the course for their life. There are stories, there is almost every 24-hour news cycle flashes of people who have struggled knowing that all of their life, all of their decision-making was actually fueled by something going on on the inside of their life. And one of the uh, lesser-known things about the ministry of Jesus is all throughout the gospel, you will see many of his teachings, many of his conversations, they have to do with what's going on on the inside. In fact, there was a religious ruling class in Jesus' days called the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. You'll read about them all in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they were concerned about the exterior and reading books by their cover. And Jesus came and said, no, 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 no. Y'all got that totally messed up. Here's the deal. It's about the heart. It's about the intentions of the heart. I told you, not light and fluffy, y'all. I told you, we do, we're doing some deeper work. And so we've been looking at some things. I spent four weeks ago, I spent the entirety just really around that verse. And then we talked about some other areas. Last week, we covered just an easy topic. I know here at Hillside, this was, it was really easy. We covered anger. Come on, man. How many of you know somebody who has anger issues? And then how many of you know it sure ain't you? Praise God. Praise God. You know, uh, there's a reality, though. This is, I will say, I will say, where, where does this series stem from? Um, it's, it's less about you 
and more about me in the sense of reflecting. I have realized that for several seasons of my life, I spent blaming others for my emotions. I blamed circumstances. Uh, sometimes my circumstances came nicely packaged with the person's face on them. And so I could blame them. And I was just for a brief moment, I was thinking, actually, this happened upstairs before service. I was just thinking about Paul, the apostle. He would write in 2 Corinthians. He said, listen, your battle is not with flesh and blood. But your battle is with spiritual forces, spiritual ent entities, actually principalities and powers of darkness that really try to make an assault on our life. And I recognized part of that, not all of that, but part of that has to do with how we're navigating our heart, how we're navigating our emotions. Paul would also go on to say, take every thought, some of you know the next word, captive, captive. His encouragement is don't be captive to your thinking, but to take captive those thoughts that come to discourage they come to um, distract, they come to disappoint you. And so another way of understanding this series, Mixed Emotions, how to deal with what you feel, is spiritually speaking, taking those thoughts captive. I brought a key thought, because I know this about my life, a quick key thought for us. Uh, <laughs> emotions indicate, you're like, well, no duh, Captain Obvious, I could have stayed home and heard that. Here's what I realized. The emotions indicate, listen, your emotions, I'm not here to say don't, don't have emotion. No, I'm here to say, good luck. You got emotions. You were, you were created in the image of God with emotions. And even, we didn't go there last week, but even anger is a righteous emotion when it has to deal with justice that isn't in our hands, it's in the Lord's. But nonetheless, emotions indicate, they make me aware of things. They're, if I'm driving down the road, they're like my, my car dashboard, you know, that you can only use so much duct tape to cover those lights that keep going off before your car is done. All right. Some of you felt the Holy Spirit right there. Yeah. <laughs> emotions indicate, emotions indicate, but here's what I've realized. You need it. You need it as a mature, growing Christ follower or not. Receive this. Our choice is to let them dictate. Emotions always indicate it's not nobody else's responsibility. It's our choice whether we let them dictate our lives or not. And I've spent seasons of my life where, you know, the steering wheel of my life, I've just been like, oh, ticked off? Yeah, here you go, emotions. I'm going to follow you right where that goes. You know, the emotions, hey, uh, hey, hey, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I'm going to show them. I'm going to go silent. Get the silent treatment going on. And all of these different things, and I realize they're all root, rooted, excuse me, in what's going on in the inside. And how, how, how they pointed out to me times of trust. Do I trust God? Is he, is he sufficient? Do I really, am I really living loved by God? Or am I somehow seeking others' approval? I mean, the deeper, uh, richer areas of life. Jesus came not just to save you for eternity. He saved you to give you life here and now. And he invites you. He invites you to give your inner life. Take what's going on on the inside and trust him with it and give it to him. Well, as I've mentioned several times, we're not going lighter. We're going a little deeper. And here's the deal. 
we end with the series today to a ruckus of applause. Thank you, Jesus. But this, 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 is, this is it, okay? This is it. We'll be back next year with a different series title, but the same content. All right. I want to talk about staying connected. Can we just say those two words? One, two, three. Staying connected. Staying connected. Staying connected. I had some fun thinking of different titles for the message. I had one, one of my working titles in my mind was staying in the room when things went boom. That was one of my working titles. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome to write that down as cheesy as it is. Staying in the room when, when things went boom. Another t- title I had was staying connected when I want to run, hide, or tell somebody off. All right, somebody, come on, we're just being real for a moment. But I want to talk about staying Connected. I want to talk about there are moments where we are invited to live offended. Where we are invited to live in discord and apart. And to refuse to stay connected because honestly at the end of the day we just don't feel like it. It's too awkward. It's too tough, or by golly, (laughs) it's just wrong. We're offended. And so I want to take a little time here, a little time with what we have today to encourage you, stay connected, stay connected. Now, here's what's great. As many of of us in this room right now, there is many different ways to interpret what I'm saying. I've got big trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what he wants to share with you under this banner. I would love for it not to be weaponized or manipulated on anybody near you or on your favorites list on your phone, please. (laughs) This is just for you. Staying connected. Staying connected. Staying connected is one of the steps towards spiritual maturity. Staying connected is one of the steps towards spiritual maturity. Maturity. You have perhaps been taught that spiritual maturity is a matter of memorization. How much of the Bible you got memorized? Perhaps how many times you've been to church? How many Sunday school? Uh, how long you've been in church? All of that's wonderful, but that's not spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity, honestly, how, how we see it, how I understand the scriptures, is, is loving others well. Loving others well. And the reason for this message is there are times you do not, under any circumstances, want to love others well. But Christ calls us to it. And so staying connected is creating bridges instead of walls. Staying connected is refusing to follow only our emotions, but willing to make the sacrifice to do What is right when it comes to loving others well? Genesis chapter 3, it's kind of known as the great fall of humanity. It's the disobedience between Adam and Eve and God. But there's an interesting passage in Genesis chapter 3 that I think speaks even broader to our overall temptations and relationships. And it's Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Thank you. He answered, okay, so here's the moment. Who's he? He is Adam. Adam and Eve had made a big mistake. 
they had, if you will, sinned. They had missed a mark. They had chosen, due to some confusion they let in from the enemy, and chose to disobey God. His order, His commandments, His direction. Sound familiar? Been there, right? And now they're on the receiving end. But here's what's interesting in the passage. God still wants to be near them. He's well aware of what they did. And yet, he's found coming in the garden, in relationship, walking with them. That's why we also believe that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's a picture of what happens in Genesis 3. God's not taking off. God's coming close. That's another message another time. But God's in there with Adam and Eve, and he says, hey, he said, why, why are you keeping distance? Why are you spacing? Why, why do you have clothes on? You know, to which we all were like, we're glad they had clothes on. We got some answers. But nonetheless, Adam answers and says, well, I heard you in the garden. I heard you. I heard you. I was aware, I was aware you wanted to stay connected. I was aware of that, but I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Sound familiar? Maybe just to me? like, no, God, I know, I know you have a plan. I know you have a purpose. I know you have a life for me, God, but I've messed up. I've made some mistakes. In fact, God, just as it seems like I make 10 steps ahead, I still go two feet back. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Because I was afraid, I was naked, so I hid. It is a verse that I believe gives us a little bit of understanding in relationships. When it comes to staying connected, there's a verses. And here's the verses. VS is what I mean. <laughs> staying connected versus distancing. Distancing is different than last week. Anger is to jump right into conflict and let the other person have, an, have a mouthful. Distancing is different. It's, it's the fear of the moment. It's the fear of repercussion, of consequences, of difficulty. Sure, this verse is between God, but it's also played out between us and others, isn't it? That sometimes, whether they did something wrong or whether I've done something wrong, if I'm not careful, my emotions are creating a reaction that seems the most comfortable in the moment. And what is it? I want to run and I want to hide. And you would not be blamed for participating in that because there's a good chance when you were little, there were people in your life that that's all they did. They wouldn't argue. <laughs> they wouldn't talk much. They kept their space. And you didn't know it, but they were teaching you how to do relationships. And so anytime anything goes wrong or you get offended... Not you, of course, the person next to you. Anytime that happens, you want to take off. It's too uncomfortable. It's hashtag awkward. You know what? I could leave real quick, and I'll, I'll get on my phone later and just text it out. Sometimes you got to do that. No shame in that game. But one of the things I believe that the Lord leads us into is staying connected. I believe it's a representation of the heart of God. You can stay connected and not stay close, somebody. 
Don't, 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 don't make this mean more than I am. You can stay connected and still keep some healthy space. When it's abusive or toxic, no, 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 no. This is not the message, staying connected. But in our day-to-day relationships, in our close relationships, in our friendships, can I just tell you, if nobody ever told, told you this, they will be tested, they will be tried. Because you have an opinion, and you didn't know it, but the other people in your office, they have opinions too. Or the other people in your small group, somebody, they have opinions. Or boy, your pastor sure has an opinion or two. You're going to be tempted. What are you going to be tempted? You're going to be tempted to drop into some behavior you've learned. A good old silent treatment. Or, or when you walk in the room and they are there, you're like, oh, cool. i got to go use the bathroom all the way, 25 miles back at home, and then I'll return. I'm going to get some space, get some distancing. And distancing, you've got to see that it is rooted. It's rooted in that same behavioral pattern. And um, 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 Ken Schumann, a, a pastor, a counselor, a, a thought leader in some ways, he wrote this. He said, distancing is the silent killer of intimacy and relationships. That's, what, that's a loaded statement, a powerful statement. Distancing is the silent killer of intimacy and relationships. Cut off, also known as quitting, is an act of emotional immaturity that doesn't resolve anything. Your growth and emotional maturity in the face of anxiety is determined by your ability to stay connected to others without letting your feelings or actions be determined by them. He goes on. He says, often distancing and cutoff are so much a part of our lives that we think they are healthy behaviors. If you thought I was painful earlier, this isn't me. This is Ken Schumann. He's the one being, being a punk right now. And he says, it's so familiar in our territory. Like when things get tough, <laughs> the tough get going. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. <laughs> it's not the tough move forward with it. No, the tough literally, we just, we just take off. It's just easier that way. And what we don't realize is that we are participating in cycles of space. Cycles of distancing. And here's, here's one of the spiritual deals with that. One of the spiritual consequences is, is that it just becomes a part of normal behavior. And God is wanting to lead you into promised land territory in your life. But if you're not careful, you keep practicing the wilderness territory. So God's like, man, every time there's a disagreement, you take off. What if you stay connected? Well, I don't feel like it. Well, by golly, I don't know if you've read the New Testament, but I'll just be transparent. It's full with tons of things I just don't feel like doing. But Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. And we have to. We can't just spiritualize it. We got to take our emotions under that authority too. But there are times God's like, stay connected. Nah, I don't want to. Follow me. Oh, Jesus, you love everybody. That's unfair. It's unfair. I'm offended. I'm offended right now. I don't want to love nobody. I just want a dozen donuts, somebody. And God's like, come on, Paul. <laughs> come on. I don't know what your struggles were today, but I'm just sharing some of mine. God's always, I want you to see this. He's, he's about staying connected. And so, so you, may, you may say, well, where, where, where should I be staying connected? I just have some encouragement. If it lands with you, great. If you want to throw it out, that's great as well. 
But just think about it. Stay connected. Here's, here's kind of three quick areas. First, stay connected with our extended family. Oh, you're welcome to groan. Safe place, y'all. No, we're like Planet Fitness, man. No judgment zone. You good. You good. Stay connected with our extended family. Well, what does that look, look like? I, I don't know. I don't want to give you any false yoke. I don't want to tell you what that looks like. I, I trust God enough to, to ask the Lord, God, what does that look like? Well, we haven't spoken in 15 years. That's great. I, I, again, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I, I, I can tell you, though, that the longer you stay connected, the more that person has a chance of receiving the love of God in their life. I know that. I, I know that. I've, I've, I've received that. I mean, staying connected with extended family. You're like, I don't know your family. You're right. I, I don't know your family. Here's what's cool. You don't know my family, except for maybe a couple of them. But you, you don't. it's between you and God to ask, to pray. But I do know the accuser of the brethren he loves division. He loves discord. He thrives in slander. I mean, that's his territory. And for some of us, man, we, we're well-versed in it. We were shown the way, and we pr- we've been practicing it for years. And so we've got to think about staying connected. Like, I didn't even know that was an option. It's an option. Staying connected. Staying connected. Not running and hiding. Staying connected with extended family. Stay connected. This is going to seem obvious, but stay connected to people who represent significant relationships in our lives. Staying connected to people who, 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 who represent significant relationships in our lives. Like, there's a time for silence. There's a time for quiet. There's a time for space. You know what I mean? You've got to be healthy. You've got to maybe do some inner work, healing things, work through some things. But you can, you can over time, stay connected. Again, not abusive, not toxic. That's, that's different. Amen, everybody? Can you hear that? Amen? Amen? Okay. Stay connected to people who represent significant relationships. Also here, now this is for leaders. This is for leaders. It's for leaders. Stay connected to the people who we hope to lead. I mean, that sounds like a no-brainer, but come on, you see it in the sports world all the time, right? When there's a fracture. I'm a huge soccer guy. Liverpool won today, by the way. I'm a huge soccer guy, but here's the deal. I could just think about that for a moment, but I'm not. We've got to preach. Okay, so I'm a big soccer guy, but you can watch. You can watch a team play when the, what they call the locker rooms become fractured between a coach and his players. One of the worst things coaches ever do, and they, here's what's great. In every sport, they continue to do it every season. There's almost a coach or two, and what do they do? They throw their players under the bus. Well, if you follow the NBA, you're like, oh, he just did that. Guess who's getting traded next week? Right? And so, it, it leaders, it, 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 it's important to stay connected, to stay close, to stay in relationship, to stay in communication with people you hope to lead. One of the things I've learned in my heart, just being transparent, one of the, one of the big questions I ask myself from time to time is, who am I avoiding and why? Who am I avoiding and why? Sometimes it's necessary. No doubt. If it got toxic, it is necessary. But if it's not, why? What is that in me? Lord, search my heart. Make it pure. Lord, search my heart. Right? Come on, we want to grow, don't we? You don't, you're like, dude, I'm just here. I don't really want to grow. It's okay. I want you to grow. You want to grow. We, 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 we want you to grow because here's, here's what's happening. 
Here's what's happening in American culture and American Christianity. There's becoming, I mean, for a lot of people, man, going to the workplace, they behave no different as a follower of Jesus than when they didn't follow Jesus. They got the same relationship patterns going on. It's worse because they got Bible verses that they cherry pick to quantify their behavior. I mean, it's like, man, you're better off not using the Bible in that way. You're right. Let's move on. So here's the thing. Whew. I got a couple minutes. That's it. The pain is about to stop in Jesus' name. Come back next week, y'all. It's going to be nothing but up. I mean it. I mean it. It's going to be, it's going to be good. But, you know, we got to do these series so we all grow. Amen. Listen, here's the thing. If you think, man, this is a little tough to swallow. Imagine having to swallow this in my quiet time all week long, somebody. Like, Jesus, can't we just, man, let's just go easy. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's strengthen. Let's shore up the foundation. Let's, let's quit explaining, blaming, excusing. I'm like, you think they can handle it? He said, yes, so that's why I'm here. Okay, <laughs> Colossians 3, Colossians 3. I'm just going to eliminate a couple excuses for us, and then we're going to be done. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other. That's the message. That's the message. We all love verse 12. But you need verse 13. There are times where you've got to bear with each other. Bear with each other. Like we got different opinions. Bear with each other. Well, who's right? Mm -hmm. Bear with each other. Well, you're wrong. I know. Bear with each other. Bear with each other. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance with someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So here's how I want to structure it. Let's keep that slide right up there. Thank you so much, Caroline. As dearly loved, bear with each other. Just for a moment, let's talk that out. Bear with each other requires us staying connected despite our differences. Oh, you can bring it up, number one. Staying connected despite our differences, despite our differences. When you stay connected, you have a voice. I have seen, I've been tempted and done it before. When there's a sin issue, sometimes I get my Pharisee hat on and I get so mad, so consumed, and they done know I pointed out the sin 101 times. And here's the deal. I can be tempted to distance, to cut off. And Jesus is over there in the corner, laughing, eating dinner with tax collectors and sinners who he had dramatic differences with. He was not affirming their sin. Nope. You can't make grace go where it just doesn't go. He's not affirming their sin, but he is accepting them where they are. He's accepting them where they are. He still invites them to follow me. So it's hard. It's some hard territory. Bear with each other requires us staying connected despite our differences. Uh, last week, we looked at uh, the sons of thunder, John and James, these two sons of thunder. 
And uh, the sons of Zebedee is uh, one translation. And they wanted to call down fire from heaven on the Samaritans. The Samaritans were kind of the favorite ethnicity beating post of the disciples. They're like, yeah, they're out, they're out, they're out. They worship differently. They got a different setup. We don't like it. They're not, they're not. And Jesus was continually staying connected. So his encouragement, his invitation is to stay connected despite our differences. And here's the second, the first one. And then the second says, bear with each other requires us enlarging our capacity for emotional discomfort. Enlarging our capacity for emotional discomfort. You never thought it was possible. But there's a chance the Holy Spirit could, in some ways, use Michael Scott from the office to help you grow spiritually. They set up the most awkward, difficult, you're like, no way. And what do, you, what do they do? He, he and others stay connected. Here's the temptation. We want to run. We want to hide. We want to take off. There's a part of maturity to stay connected, even in the midst of emotional discomfort. Again, not when things are toxic, not when things are abusive. No, no, a thousand times over. But there's a chance if you're in a relationship with somebody, you could get hurt. There's a chance if you're in a relationship with somebody, pain could happen. Jesus would turn around and love the very ones who put him on the cross. And when did we stop following Jesus as our ideal? You ever find yourself saying, well, that's just Jesus? Can I tell you, discipleship for 2,000 years has hinged on, well, that's just Jesus. The Roman Empire was turned upside down by people living and following, well, that's just Jesus. Bill of Rights, no such thing for the early church. They loved their enemies. They stayed in the room when things went boom. You're welcome. <laughs> Bear with each other requires us enlarging our capacity for emotional discomfort. And this third will end here. Bear with each other requires us Releasing a case we've built against someone. I know none of us are building cases except for me. I know it. But don't think the enemy's not cunning. He's very cunning. He will take an offense. And that thing that was a snowflake will become a snowball in five minutes if you don't watch out. All of a sudden, an unintentional offense can become a snowball of they knew exactly what they were doing. And now, what are they going to get? Paul says, oh, that's not easy, but I know what they're going to get because I'm dearly loved. I'm dearly loved. He would look at me and say, don't forget, you're dearly loved. Yeah, 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 I'm throwing that off for a minute, Paul. Come on, man, I'm going to throw on some of my old clothes. Paul's like, no, 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 no. Clothe, clothe yourself. 
Some of us, we go, we go into relationships, man, we're wearing some old clothes. I mean, they could smell us a mile away. It's got all that anger, all that hatred, all that distancing, discord, all that opinion, and frustration. Paul's like, if you want it, if you want it, you can be healed. It'll take some time, and there's lots of grace along the way. But if you want it, you can be healed. And here's what's crazy. i got a closet full of new clothes, brand new clothes if you want it. That you can, your future can be filled with kindness. But what about when I disagree with them? It can be filled with kindness. <laughs> but what about this plank in my own eye that I want to just take out for a little bit and smack them around? But no, 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 no. Kindness. Compassion. Love. It's going to take new clothes. It's going to take new clothes to look our enemies in the eye and to say, man, I forgive you. Gosh, I forgive you. We're going to stay connected. We ain't going to be close, but I forgive you. I forgive you. God loves you, so how can I not love you? Staying connected may just be it may just be the roadmap to November 15th, 2024, looking a lot more like abundant life than November 15th, 2023. You may be praying for a miracle over here, and God's like, dude, you ready to go deep inside, get healed, receive wholeness? I got some things for you to practice. Like what? <laughs> well, Paul says it. <laughs> Kindness. Compassion. What if they don't deserve it? Man, there's, listen, if your life's anything like mine, nine out of ten times they don't deserve it. It's called I-65. <laughs> 8 a.m. <laughs> T-rubble in traffic. But y'all have your triggers, and here's the deal. We want to excuse. We want to explain our emotions. And the, th the thing about the grace of God is it lets us have that for a season. But I feel strongly just to remind you, if we're wanting the promised land territory that God is inviting us into, their time in the wilderness was not wasted. They developed muscles. They developed strategic plans on how to navigate the terrain. They developed mindsets and mental models and faith steps. And there was a whole lot going on in Israel's life to prepare them for the promised land. The same is true for our lives. God has brought us out of Egypt, as the scriptures would say. But now the Holy Spirit, here's what's happening. He's brought us out of Egypt. We've been saved. But now he's taking Egypt out of us. We've got to be sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. God loves us no matter how badly we do this tomorrow. No matter how badly we've distanced and continue to distance, here's the kicker. He still loves us. He still loves us. He still loves us. Well, what if all I've known is distancing? He still loves you. Are you sure? What if everything I do is a mistake and I just I can't have a good relationship for nothing? He still loves you. He still loves you. Because 2,000 years ago, a guy who was killing the church was transformed by the love of God. And he wrote to the church, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So here's the thing. We can walk 
in those ways of maturity that God invites us to. And here's the beautiful thing. We're going to walk in that level of maturity and we're going to just keep releasing other people. There's nothing like, if you're wired like me, being kind and wanting to be celebrated for it. I'm a three on the Enneagram. You're welcome, okay? That's just that's how we roll. Like, like, hey, I did this great deed. I'm going to post about it. That's me, okay? Uh, now you know why I don't post much. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be better. So as we be kind, here's the thing. Nobody may see it. Nobody may celebrate it. But it's a reward between you and God. You're going to grow and mature. Nobody, they, may, they may, in fact, try to manipulate you, say you're being stupid and judgy and you're the worst person, even though you know you have no idea what this has taken, my kindness. And here's the deal. It's between you and the Lord. And we grow and we grow and we grow and we grow. And the message goes forth because the gospel is not about intellect. It's about heart transformation. Jesus didn't just come to get us a ticket into heaven. That is peace to the puzzle. But it's also for the here and now that we would learn to love well. That we could be like Jesus, a bridge between eternal life and Samaria. We could be like Jesus, a bridge between the adulterous and eternal life and wholeness. We could be like Jesus, dining with a leper and keeping them marginalized on the outside. We could be like Jesus, calling and entrusting the early church to people that in his greatest moment of need denied him three times. And the shame and the guilt and Jesus making eye contact with Peter, telling him, no matter what, I love you. You're my boy. No matter what, I love you. I'm about to go on the cross. It's all good. I forgive you. We can be that person, but here's the deal. We've got to be able to bear with each other in the emotional discomfort. But I'm just convinced this sort of direction in our future, it has the opportunity to be a bridge for children and their parents, for parents and the grandparents, for cousins and neighbors and church members and guests and visitors and people in the community. And what they'll see is the love of God on display that we stayed connected instead of running and hiding. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for one, that the series is over. But two, God, thank you that you stayed connected and you didn't distance from us. Lord, you know the times I've deserved distancing Lord, the times and the things I took for granted, I thank you, God, that you kept running, that you kept loving, you kept forgiving, you kept giving us hope and grace and peace. I pray for every heart, Lord, that heard this message and is longing for steps forward. I pray you would give them supernatural courage supernatural courage and strength to stay connected especially for those Lord that it's really hard it's really hurtful it's really painful it's emotionally exhausting it's emotionally taxing I thank you Lord that if you're our defender 
you ask for us not to try to defend ourselves. That if you're the one who fights and wins our battles, you're not asking us to try to fight and win our battles. I pray, God, that you would give us that supernatural Holy Spirit strength and peace to grow in this area, Lord. That we may be a person, Lord, that can bear with each other as you are patient and kind and that you bear with us even in our mistakes. In Jesus' name, listen. Always like to end our service with an opportunity not to join Hillside, not to become a team member, but to step into the family of God. Always love to give that moment with clarity because sometimes there are things going on in the inside of your life and you didn't know it, you just knew you had to be here. You didn't know it, but somebody invited you here. But I just want to tell you Jesus loves you. And I want to tell you that you don't have to live how you've been living. You don't have to make decisions like you've been making decisions. You don't have to perpetually keep a distance or space between God and you. If you need to, that's on you. But don't do it because you think God wants to be distant from you. But don't do it because you think God's comfortable with the space. Know that God loves you, that he sees you, that he can save you right now in this moment. And if that's you, if you know that he's been knocking on your heart, would you just stand in agreement, like sit where you are, but stand in agreement, so to speak, with this prayer. Maybe even say it, God, I need you. God, I need you. I need you to forgive me for my sin. I need you to forgive me for my past. I need you to forgive me for my distance. Lord, I ask that you would save me. I ask that you would set me free. I ask that you would make me whole. I give you my past. I give you my present situation and life. And Lord, I also trust you with my future. I pray, God, that I would know you more and more every day, that I'd walk in your ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.